there's been a murder of podcast. A bloody mess. Hello and welcome to this episode of A Bloody Mess, a badly researched true crime podcast. Today we have, following on from last time, a special guest presenter in David Storby. Special. We are, you are quite special, especially in my eyes. <laughs> Doctor says so too. Yeah. Thank you for returning after his terrible episode. Yeah. No, it, it was, I mean, we, we, we do like these group discussions because they end up a bit messier, a bit funnier. It's a bloody mess. Yeah, it is a bloody yeah. mess. I mean, we're just trying to keep it varied and mixed for you. If you like a certain way, let us know. If you're like, oh, I much prefer these messy comedy ones or oh I much prefer the drier more fact laden ones yeah. you know let, or let if us you know. prefer Stubby let us know <laughs> yeah you know we, we can quite <laughs> easily just write him a script <laughs> and then just let him present it that's, just that's fine for us as well them out. yeah I mean this, this is the second part of the Larry Eilis saga which is it's one of those names that I've had in my mind and I've, I've known about it I've known he was a serial killer I've known that he was like acting the gay scene and that he killed gay people but I didn't really again I like had gaps in my knowledge and, and this is quite educational for me and I'm, I'm enjoying it it's pretty fucked up to be honest yeah, it's yeah. mental isn't it just yeah. to recap Toby do you have a quick recap for us or yeah let's go for it so Sammy sort of teased and abused upbringing by his stepfathers which there was plenty of them Um and he, his first noted murder was in the 2nd of October 1982, and between October 1982 and August 83, so less than a year, he had a confirmed kill count of 13. Yes, so that's where we are in this. And to recap, I don't actually have any facts on Lake Forest. I've used up my facts because I did my correct research and actually found some information about so that, that's, that's fine. We talked about Bloomington. You know, too many times. I've got one more fact. I can't wait for you to name this place. Right. Right? Oh. Yeah. Well, I did Fantastic. notice when I was talking about Edgar Underfoker, Under Koffler, who was found murdered in Danville, Illinois. <laughs> We're not announcing this fact yet. <laughs> Chen's eyes lit up. You were up. chasing noodles about at the time. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully you say something about that again. <laughs> uh, it's fine. So, as I'd said before, the Ralph Khaleesi murder was important, but just to sort of set the scene again, the police had started to monitor Isler, this central Indiana multi-agency, I can't remember what it's called, oh, investigative the, t- team. Oh, the CMAT. CMAT. Think of a friendly sailor. <laughs> the CMAT, yeah. And all his friends, the seaman. Um, I sometimes CMAT in my girlfriend's face. What? <laughs> I have to say, that's getting edited today. You've been with her like three weeks, so yep, maybe don't make jokes like that. She's <laughs> been mentioned so much in these yeah, last few podcasts. It's really nice to like the fact that you're smitten and it's obvious and it's fantastic, but you know, wind it back. These are committed to permanent record. So <laughs> take yeah. it back a notch. <laughs> they might have split up three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> in the last episode, even two weeks ago. So. What? <laughs> oh, if, if, she get, if she likes that joke, fucking marry her. Uh, her words, her words, and I've got it on text. Say anything I want, as long as I don't mention her name or occupation. And that was from uh, Noodles, <laughs> who, who, who works at. That was Khaleesi. <laughs> To be honest, I did see her stopping that ball from going in the goal and I thought, she's a keeper. Moving on with Please the story. <laughs> if, if anyone's wondering why we haven't had Storby on a full episode before now, this is why. That, that is the exact reason. Um, so yeah, this task force had basically received a call 
Um, naming at Larry Island, alluding to one of the previous cases where he attacked someone and they hadn't died, and they, yeah. you know, not pissed charges kind of thing. Um, so at that point, the task force kind of looked at him and well, you know what, he could be our suspect. Um, so by July 1983, which is before Ralph Khaleesi's murder, the task force members were focused on Eiler as their only suspect in the highway murders case. FBI profilers weren't as convinced, noting that there was evidence of separate killers in at least two of the homicides that they'd been that they discovered. I think in the early days of FBI profiles, it was a bit of a black art, and I think that they were kind of the profiles themselves were responsible for making themselves feel like they had mystic abilities and they were a bit special and, oh no, it must be this, it must be that. And I think there was quite a bit of, to kind of phrase, artistic license used with the FBI profiles at the time. And I think that in some cases, the profilers' mistakes, like in Napa, it proved to make, basically proved to let the serial killer escape for longer than Mm -hmm. he would have done otherwise. Yeah. Um... Which is, was that when you were talking about, there was a thing where you said the media actually hindered a thing because the, a, a case because the guy realised that, oh yeah, I've been dumping all the bodies around this river. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's it, yeah. That was uh, Gary Ridgway. Ridgway. He said the Green River Killer. Oh, and yeah. And basically, the, the announced, they said, oh, he, the media called him the Green River Killer. The police didn't call him that. They might have done it internally, mm-hmm. but, it, but like, as far as specialists, they hadn't. The press gave him that name, the Green River Killer. And at that point, he was like, shit, they're my victims. I am the Green River Killer. I'll stop dumping them around the Green River. And he moved on to the Blue River. Yeah. Well, the green one was in Chicago, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and so once one and a year, St. <laughs> Patrick's Day, which is a true fact. <laughs> um, so, the Indiana officers concentrated on the Eiler because uh, they had no other suspects. It's, it's got prospects here, but I, <laughs> I think it's suspects. Well, if they had no other prospects, it's kind of like yeah. depressing. <laughs> um, they... He was shadowed daily, photographed as he travelled to and from work, followed to various bars after dark. No murders were committed while Isla remained under surveillance. Okay. I have to say, we've done a lot of slagging off of the police in some episodes, because like we said, hindsight, olden day technology, people weren't expecting circles, etc, etc. But it seems that like the seamates, <laughs> that special team, they did... A, a proper good job. They're re- really good. Like I would reserve your judgment. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> it now. We'll save that for episode three. <laughs> um, however, while he was under surveillance, skeletal remains of an eleven. Skeletor's remains. Skeletal remains oh, of a victim. I did think you said skeletal's remains. <laughs> I got excited. He has the power. Um, <laughs> This this one was completely unidentified. Uh, were found in Ford County, Illinois, um, and they basically added the corpse to their list of Larry or Highway Killer murders. I why would it? Sorry, that's okay. Question: Why would they call it Highway Killer when they call highways interstates? Would he not be the interstate killer? I think that was already taken. Somebody oh. already applied for that one. Yep. We'll find out in episode 12 of the Bloody Mess podcast who the <laughs> Subtitle killer was. Patent pending. <laughs> That's a great band. I have to say, like, it must be frustrating. Like, if you take this down to, like, a macro level, your niece, nephew, son goes missing and 
the police find some evidence about their body and you say, oh, you're going to prosecute. And they're like, no, we're building the case. And you're like, well, what? So you know who did it, but you're trying to wait for more people to get killed. Or like, it must be frustrating for the family members because there will be a point where they say, they'll basically say, I'm sorry, your son has been found on the side of this highway. Interstate. Can you you come and interstate? Can you come and identify the body? You go down and identify the body. You go, oh shit, that's my boy. You're upset. It's horrible. They're not his tube socks. No, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't get that, go back to the first episode of this. And for all those people who keep listening to episode two before episode one, get a fucking grip. Yeah. (laughs) Robert Napper episode two is like 20 more listens than Robert Napper episode one. Serious? It's mad. It's like, why aren't you listening? Anyway, what I was saying was basically like, for the families of the victims, (laughs) if, if you've got like, you don't care about the ongoing serial killings, you don't care about the other victims, you care that your child is led there, that your niece, nephew is led there, like, murdered, and the police say, well, aren't you going to arrest them? And like, no, we're building the case. And it's like, well, don't build the case. Arrest them for this murder that's happened now. Yeah, no, totally. I'm just thinking maybe it's 20 people who went and listened a second time to try and work out what the fuck you were talking about. My accent isn't that hard to understand. (laughs) It's exotic. We've been through this. Um, So, moving on to... The 30th of August, 1983, 28-year-old Ralph Khaleesi left the apartment he shared with his with a girlfriend in the Chicago suburb of Oak Park, Illinois. Where, Na- sorry? Oak Park, Illinois. I have an interesting fact about Danville, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about wedging something in. Population of 33,000 people. Two very famous people were born there. Gene Hackman was born in Danville, Illinois. That's also, also a bit of a serial killer name, really, yeah. Gene, Gene Hackman. Hackman. Well, you've been doing yeah, well, Hackman. To be honest, Gene Hackman was in, he's basically, he was, you can quote Father Ted and say, Gene Hackman plays a priest. <laughs> but you can also, Gene Hackman was in The French Connection, which is an amazing film. <laughs> it's like a thoroughly good car chase, second only to Bullet. Where was that set? In San Francisco. I have an interesting fact about Danville. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. <gasps> My boy Dick. Who was he was also also born there. I'm a big fan of Dick. There's also a, a quite an, an astronaut. An astronaut was born there as well. Which astronaut? I can't remember his name. It wasn't like a fucking great one. They're all great. Why are you talking about <laughs> Google it? Fucking astronauts, man. Is this fucking gone to space? What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> right, hang on. For those Dan- who are listening, I am quite keen on space. Danville, yeah, there's also that's a that's a key factor. Astronaut, who is it then? Joseph R. Tanner. Do we know who he is? I know that he's Joseph Richard Joe Tanner, born January twenty first, nineteen fifty, is an American instructor at the University of Colorado Boulder. Mechanical engineer, a former naval officer and aviator, a former NASA astronaut who was born in Danville, Illinois. He is unusual among astronauts as he did not have a background in flight test, nor did he earn any advanced academical degrees. Thank you for moving the laptop screen so I can read it. <laughs> Typically, those who didn't do not. Where was he born? <laughs> he said it. Where was he born? He was born in Danville, Illinois. I've got an interesting fact about Danville, Illinois. <laughs> There's a population of 33,000 people. Gene Hackman Hackman and Dick Van Dyke were born there. That's all the interesting people that were born there. As was Joseph Tanner. 
fuck off, Dolly. <laughs> what do you think, like... People, you mentioned someone. I can't remember who it was. People. They, you had to... They, they mentioned the, the initial of the middle name. Like, this is Joseph R. Tanner. Why do you think that's so important? To differentiate him from all the other Joseph who? Tanner astronauts. Uh, as, oh as, no, no for people with the same name Joseph Tanner click click here so who have we got as someone who speaks with their hands I was about to clap and We've say got, that with serial killers John Wayne Gacy things no but it's like not that. John W. Gacy it's no 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 but with John Wayne Gacy they'll call a lot of serial killers by their full name including middle names even though they didn't go by those middle names like it wasn't Robert Picton known as like fucking no I just know him as Robert Picton Red I know him as the pig farmer Robert, yeah. Robert Picton was known by a name that wasn't Robert he was called Willie Picton I think it was Willie uh, it was it was Willie yeah Robert Picton was known as Willie Picton mm-hmm. but they call him that was him... a great source of amusement when I listened to a podcast about it <laughs> yeah exactly everyone likes hearing about a fresh Willie yep especially one that's sticking it to pigs exactly <laughs> But basically, it was like the reason they refer to serial killers with their full name is so they don't fuck up people who have the same name as them. Like Ian Watkins from Steps. <sighs> Ian, Wat- Ian Watkins, not from Steps. No, from Steps. Was it Steps or is- no Steps? Because um, Steps. He He's tweeted itch. saying, "I am not the guy who's just been sent to jail. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop not, sending your hate itch? my way." Yeah, itch, yeah. Itch, yeah so like- Joseph Tanner. There's four famous ones according to Wikipedia. We've got Joseph Joseph M. Tanner. He's an American educator and missionary position and leader of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Is he related to Larry Eiler at all? Don't think so. I haven't issued some facts about Larry Ireland. This I've fucking, got a fuck ton this fucking podcast was about him at one point. I think Stoey wants to go home. I want these handcuffs off. We've got um, Joseph Robson Tanner, so there's the differentiation there because he's an R as well. He's an English historian, and we've got Joseph Tanner, who is a surgeon. But when did Joseph Tanner the surgeon die? 1724. So that means he would have been part of the Renaissance, the medical Renaissance, which was a big part of medical history. So I can see why they've given him the first Joseph Tanner because. Well, he doesn't have a page. It says page does not exist. I've not made it yet. <laughs> but basically, obviously, medical the medical Renaissance, the, the medieval Renaissance period, especially medical science, medical technology, it was massive. And it's I've mentioned Rene Descartes in the previous post. You did on a big ramble, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's I'm a big fan of the Renaissance as far as medical advances are. are I'm a big fan of you. Thank you. I've shut that Wikipedia page now, <laughs> so we can carry on with the actual podcast. So Larry Eiler. So Khaleesi liked to party and often disappeared overnight, but he never returned from this excursion on August thirtieth, nineteen eighty three. Just to remind you, um, a tree trimming crew found his mutilated corpse on August thirty first in Lake Forest near the sites where Gustavo Herrera and Irving Gibson were murdered in April eighty three. Right. So you you could almost draw a circle around the red. You can almost draw a radius. Around to these become, to say yes, that like, this yeah. is like a dumping ground, like yeah. it must be from a, like a, a convenient distance from his house. So Khaleesi's slaying seemed to fit the highway killer's pattern. He'd been found naked to the waist with his pants pulled down. He'd been stabbed seventeen times with a long bladed knife, which virtually disemboweled him. Fucking hell! Marks on his wrist suggested he was handcuffed prior to death. Tire tracks and footprints at the scene offered police the first real traces of the killer, who had claimed at least a dozen lives. These will come become important in the next kind of point, um, or one of the next parts. So, 
A review of the Illinois cases to date told the police that four highway killer victims, Crockett, Johnson, Herrera and Khaleesi, had lived in or near the uptown neighbourhood before they were murdered and dumped in outlying districts. So just like you were saying. More specifically, Herrera and Khaleesi had once lived only two doors apart on North Kenmore Street. Wow. Around the time these revelations broke, which was September 3rd, so four days. Yeah. Do you think this is kind of pointing towards... Ignoring the gay side of, every, of things for a second, more about the social economic status of his victims. The fact if they were all living in areas like, say, for example, I don't know the area, I wasn't there at the time. Is this an area of cheap housing? You know, we say four doors down. Is this like stack them high, sell them cheap? You know, you'll see it, especially around here with like the townhouses. You buy, you buy a townhouse. You split up into individual rooms. You put keys on locks on all the rooms, and then you rent them out as individual rooms for the police. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're looking at? Are we looking at people who are like, in economic terms, one step above vagrants? They're renting, are they renting rooms? Things like that. You know, we're not talking people from stable backgrounds. Yep. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely something to look into. I can honestly say, but I mean, some of them seem. Like one of the one of the early victims was a recent Yale graduate, and I suppose wow. Herrera so. had two children, didn't he? So that that was the thing. So perhaps it's that the that whole spiel I just went on was incorrect. Yeah. But it's still it was nice to hear my own voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you never know. There's been more than one with children, though. So more than one who aren't out as gay. But yeah, Am I right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I would say that. I mean, some of them. You've got to bear in mind that. At the time, a lot of people were gay and hiding it. Yeah, like Stubby. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people were straight and curious, like you. 100% curious. Yeah. My motto, just to anyone listening, try anything once. If you don't like it, don't do it again, but try it. Which brings us on to pegging. Yes, exactly. That's for a future episode. (laughs) Known as... (laughs) I almost want to play the dry bombing scene uh, yeah. <laughs> moment again. Oh god! <laughs> Basically, what I mean was like it was, it was essentially like it. I get interested in nuance and slight differences, and it makes me think that if you're tarring everyone who's interested in men with the same brush, well, there's some people who are dyed in the wool gay, and there's some people who are bi curious and aren't attracted to men per se, but only attracted to the act of doing things with men. Mm-hmm. You, that's it's like, a, it's like a phenomenon. You can be attracted to women, but like the idea of doing things to men for other sexual reasons. It's fine. Like wrestlers. Well, yeah, exactly. It's one of the reasons. It's like, I've always been believed that like sexuality is a spectrum, not binary. It's not... I don't mean, oh, did you assume my gender? Things like that. I no. just think that like people have different things that they're willing to do. It's like... Everyone knows a girl that's got off with another girl on a night out to impress a lad or what have you. And it's like, men are like, way! <laughs> she's, she's kissed her pal! Way! And it's like, Tell yeah, but so would you. Days. I'm pretty sure I've kissed my, my friend, which is a guy. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've like... I liked it. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not going to tell the story, no. <laughs> I, no, you've said it now. I think you should. I, I was with a girl at the time we were in Glasgow. We were drunk. And all I remember is he... We're not name names, but you know who it is. Love. Do I know who it is? Looks like a girl. Looks like a girl. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I know who it is. Um, we'll call him um, Neb. Bay, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I kissed him while my girlfriend at the time was on the phone to the girl he was seeing. And all I heard was my girlfriend saying, oh no, he's kissing my boyfriend. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. On the other <laughs> side of that, 
I'm a very affectionate person when I'm sober. I would say I'm more affectionate than most when I'm sober. So when I'm drunk, I am a fucking nightmare. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> I, I will I will lip kiss my male friends at any opportunity if oh I'm drunk God. enough. He was holding my hand in a Slayer mosh pit because he was drunk. I, I am I'm an affectionate person. What can I say? You know, he was so like, remember you tell me. He was stroking me. I was like, this is getting too weird. But how many people can say they've had a hand job in a mosh pit? <laughs> <laughs> So, so that's my episode done. See you later, bye. Oh, God. Coming up next on A Bloody Mess, What's... a bisexual <laughs> confessions podcast. We're still on Ralph Khaleesi's <laughs> Right. We're going to be quiet now and let's Toby bash on with the episode. Yeah, so basically at this point, um, a few days later, the Illinois detectives also learned for the first time Indiana's ongoing investigation into Where, sorry? similar cases. Illinois and Indiana, pick one. Neither. <laughs> Do you mean you have no facts about Indiana? <laughs> oh, I've got fucking plenty. I have a fact about Indiana. Oh no, mine's Illinois. <laughs> no, this is from memory. Indiana is home to the some fucking random antique car hill climb. Now hill climbing is quite a minority sport. You basically have a fucking raggy car up a hill mm-hmm. in someone's country country grounds and it's it's relatively interesting in Britain in America it's not because land's at a premium you can just fucking build a racetrack and there's no stately homes in America but it's that big it's second only to the Indianapolis 500 which really? is really the, the, yeah the Indy 500 Indy cars, yeah. the Indy cars yeah so it's literally it's like something that's pretty much like a on a, on an alphabet level level I'll say like a, a G or an, an F grade sport in Britain like motorsport of hill climbing <laughs> Is like fucking second only to the Indy 500, which is enormous <laughs> in America. They do but, hill climbs here. They do one at Dune, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They, do, they do a hill climb at Dune. They do one near me, which I fucking can never remember the name of it. And they also do a motorbike hill climb at Horton Tower, which is brilliant because it's that's near my girlfriend's house. And they have a long straight driveway up to the tower. And it's a classic motorbike one. They tried doing modern motorbikes there, but they were going too fast by the time they got to the top and they couldn't stop in time. So it was like fucking really did. Like one year they were like, oh, bring your modern bikes down. And people nearly died. Because it's, <laughs> you're literally racing up a driveway. Of ah, right. Stoby's on his phone. I'm pretty sure he's texting his wife saying he's going to be home late. <laughs> no, no, I was checking someone out. It was just, it sounded like um, there's a there's like a on-foot version called the Red Bull 400. All right. And it's just basically like running up a ski slope, a uh, ski jump type. Right. Staircase which for 400 meters. I wasn't sure if you were just texting, texting help saying James has managed to turn this podcast about murder about cars and he <laughs> won't fucking show up about it. Um, so, sorry. Uh, sorry, no, no. So, Crack on. Um, Isla's still under investigation at this point and they spotted him on September 30th, 83. Chicago police spotted him cruising for dates. In a district favoured by male prostitutes. Well, he's not cruising for dates, is he? He's cruising for victims. Oh, it's dates one. as in the fruit. Mabbies. Who knows? Let's read on and find out. Okay. Yeah. And so. Don't refer to gay people as fruits. <laughs> <laughs> That's offensive. We're trying to be better than that. We're bigger we than that. We need to stop drinking and podcasting. <laughs> For anyone who's tuned in on this episode, we are two hours into drinking, so we are fucked. Um, so basically, what happened was Isla had picked up one young man and then dropped him off a few blocks later. Detectives rushed to him and said, you know, what what's happened? And he explained that he'd rejected Isla's offer of money for sex because he simply wanted to party. 
So he wasn't a prostitute. Yeah. Just so he was just a, blo- a random guy that like someone's going to, to be. And this based- was still why Isler was under kind of like the watchful eye of the force. And I suppose was. like a random guy looking to party and a random other guy has come up to him saying, do you want to go party? And he's gone like, yeah, of course I want to go party. And then the guy has whipped his dick out and he's gone, holy fuck, I don't want that. Yeah. And he's yeah. jumped out of the car literally 100 feet away. So that's kind of understandable. Yeah, put it in his, put his dick in his hand in the dark and the guy's going, nah, don't smoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so surveillance continued and he drove around uptown, finally stopping for uh, Arkansas Transplant. I don't know what that is. Is, is that... <laughs> Oh, I drove home now, but I had to start for Arkansas transplant. <laughs> it either sounds it either sounds horny as fuck or delicious. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. So he finally stopped for this guy, Darl Hayward, uh, and in the pickup, Isler offered him a hundred dollars for sex, specifying bondage as his preference. So this is how he's probably gone through it with the other people as well. Yeah. Uh, Hayward resisted briefly, then agreed. Um, Probably when the money was brought out, to be honest. Yeah, he just whipped it out, and he was like, "Not yep. a lot. I wouldn't do it for a hundred pounds." Well, uh, no, that was a hundred pounds in eighty-six. It's not a lot. I wouldn't do it for a hundred and two pounds. <laughs> but the, the British economy isn't that quite as bad as that. Just wait for Brexit. <laughs> here's a, here's another thing, though. Right, so put your dick away. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why have you got a hundred pounds out? So. <laughs> He basically, Isler lost, he was unaware of the detectives tailing on him, but he lost him by driving south on Interstate 98, leaving Chicago behind and crossing into Lake County, Indiana. So even though they thought there was a murder in progress, if it was out of their jurisdiction, they wouldn't follow, and they didn't get in touch with Indiana. Well, this is what I was going back to, I think episode one, where the the different counties or different states, sorry, don't speak to each other. They're just like, oh. See, no I can, there was there. no centralized database. I can, I can kind of, I can kind of understand that you wouldn't investigate a crime that went across state borders. But if you believe that a, a murder is going to be committed, you will just go. My job as a policeman is, according to the fucking sign on the side of my car, to protect and to serve. So I need to protect this person because they're going to get killed regardless of going across the border. If your police duties end at that imaginary line in the ground, you could say, well, I'm being a citizen and stopping this person being killed because I'm a fucking person and yep. they're a person. But they didn't. They However, uh, an Indiana highway officer sees the pickup truck parked on the side of Interstate 65. Um, he sees two men moving towards the woods with one of them appearing to be bound. So he's already done it at this yeah, point. Yeah. Upon further investigation, the young man accuses Isler of making homosexual advances and asking if he could tie him up. The police officer searches Isler's car and finds surgical tape, nylon clothesline, and a hunting knife that was stained with human blood. The blood on the knife matched Ralph Khaleesi's, and Isler's tyre tracks and boot prints were strikingly like the ones in the field where Khaleesi's body was dumped. Now, to interrupt this, obviously people are naturally, like, you're born homosexual, it's not a problem, it's, it's who you are, whatever, that's fine, no one gives you're a shit You're born an attack helicopter. If you, like, that's not the, the right time to make that joke. Basically what I mean is, this would have been a policeman who's seen two people heading to the woods at one in the morning and gone, I'm going to catch these fags or whatever they called them back in the day. This is, this is someone who's going to try and get two people who offer indecent conduct or public sex or whatever they're going to call it but did he realise he'd actually stopped a murder 
you know, did you realize how significant that was? That like this isn't this wasn't going to be like a savage bumming. This was going to be a murder. Yeah. But we're again looking at this as a hindsight. He yeah, would have no way thing. of knowing unless he was clued up. And there there's was, been a lot of murders. Yeah, and there was no murder. It's, it's almost that minority report. If if you're if you're going to pull up towards a car parked at the side of the road with two shadowy figures walking towards Woodland, you're going to think they're up to no good. I'm going to have to stop them because. But then you can't say. No criminal act has taken place, so no. But if but you've got to think if they were, if he was at a known makeout point and they were two, it was a a fifteen sixteen year old boy and a seventeen year old girl. You know, mm-hmm. getting rid of the jailbait thing there, like trying not yeah. to say it's an underage girl. <laughs> I made the boy older. It's fine. Yeah. You know, if if it was that, would he have had the same attitude, or would he have been boys will be boys and carried on driving? Yeah. But if he's seen two strapping great big men walking towards the woods, he's like, "Oh, they're gonna go bumming. I best stop them." I mean, to his credit, he did save a life. Yep. Potentially. But you've got to think like, what were the reasons behind? Other it? people had survived, and there might have been cases that we don't know about where Isla had tied people up, had sex with them, and then let them go on their way. Well, we found that on other like mirrors in the gay scene that people just would not come forward because they were ash- not ashamed, but they didn't... The, there was the, a stigma the, to it. There's a stigma to it. The weighing up, okay, do I ruin my own life to potentially save other lives or do I ruin my life and then these people don't fucking believe me? Yeah. Like, why would but you ruin you- your life to go to the police and the police will just go, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're air quotes, just a gay... And then they're going to just fucking ignore your confessions. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's very intriguing. I think that like the, the social attitudes of the time compound all the issues we spoke about. Totally, and like you say, they make people reluctant to kind of come forward and say. Well, we're in two thousand eighteen, and still people are probably reluctant to come forward and say. And this was 20, 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> And it was a lot worse back then. Yeah, I mean, I read a thing that showed that people were actually like. Well, I say people, I mean like princes and princesses. There was a story about uh, two princes and the the prince of the land was asking for all the princesses to come forward. And it's, it's a nursery tale. It's a, it's a, a fairy tale, a nursery story. Mm-hmm. To go into uh, the prince of the land was campaigning for all the princesses to come forward and he went through all the princesses and then he found a prince and he was like, oh no, this is the boy. The, this, I, I like this person the most. And it was a story that was basically advocating homosexuality and the fucking complaints from the parents, and they're saying, "Oh, you shouldn't be doing sexuality at kids at these age." But it's like, yeah, but if he's if he's four and he points at a woman with big tits, you're gonna say, "Oh, he's a real manny. Oh, he's a, oh, he's a, look at him, Jack the lad." Way, mm-hmm. and it's like you can't change someone. They're born like that. You can't. In, in the same way that in the same way that like all of the society leading up to nowadays has been heterosexual if you raise a homosexual in a heterosexual society at some point they will go I don't identify with this this isn't me I am not this so therefore if you raise someone in basically what they're fearing is a homosexual friendly atmosphere they're going to get to a certain age and go well that's not me but they're not going to be oppressed they're not going to be bothered mm-hmm. they're going to be fine and as soon as you said two princes I started did, thinking about the, did, the did, 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 did. I did. Is that going to be our soundtrack? Because to be honest, to buy that song, to buy the rights to that song would be about sixty-five pence. Is that it? I, I'm just. I was in. I was in. Who Poland. the fuck's going to download Spin Doctors these days? I sent Ben a Spotify playlist, and it was just Spin Doctors and Spine Chunk. 
<laughs> exactly. Who the fuck's going to download that these days? I did. Is that because they were next to each other in the alphabet? No, because there are two songs. Oh, I did okay. Spin Doctors, Two Princes in a karaoke bar in Poland, and I did it with Death Nails. I, ha- I, have, vocals. To, I have to also, like, I feel like for the, for the listeners, I need to point out, was this a karaoke bar, or did this karaoke bar offer another function in its creation? What do you mean? Did it offer something else in the bar? Alcohol. And... <laughs> What? Was that, not the, was that not the bar that you went axe throwing in? No. Oh, this fucking a... hell. I've mixed up two stories. Sorry, I thought you went axe throwing no, in No, we that played bar. the Black Dahlia murder in the axe throwing oh, place. Yeah, sorry. Right, that's, sorry. That's Spin Doctors. It was a proper metal bar. And I did, I did Foo Fires, Death Metal, and some Polish... I oh, know, I think she was Czech Republic. Some Czech girl did um, a death metal song and it was pretty sexy because she just did death growls and I was like, oh, my God, that's I mean, to sexy. be fair, if you, you took her back and she was a bouncing chick... <laughs> No. Never mind. <laughs> Go home. We're on rants here. Fuck Harry Larry Well, some of these guys tried to. <laughs> it didn't go too well for them. Don't be gay because you'll get killed. <laughs> so, anyway, after getting picked up by the, the policeman, yes. not picked up the way he was trying to pick up other guys, um, with the evidence there, they took him in. Um, he consented to uh, them taking his boots because the soles matched footprints found at the okay, yeah, police yeah, scene. Yeah. He also consented to the search of his truck, believing that police were going to do it anyway, and he claims he felt intimidated to kind of agree with them. Uh, a bloodstained knife, like I said, was removed from the pickup, and the Illinois detectives were summoned uh, there, but they had not arrived by the time Isla was released. Without his boots, a phone call or advisement of his legal rights at 7 o'clock in the evening. The next morning, just after 4am, the M... Was it C-Mate? The, the C-Mate. Led C-mate, by yeah. Lieutenant Jerry Campbell, um, turned up to Robert Little's home in Terre Haute. Now, Dr. Robert Little was an Indiana professor uh-huh. who Eiler was working with, or he was close relationship okay. with, yeah. and some of the murders... Eiler claims were actually to uh, done by Dr. Little and Dr. Doolittle Dr. Doolots apparently <laughs> but uh, Dr. Do more than you think <laughs> is uh, he related to Stuart Little <clears throat> now I'd like to just take a fucking diversion from these mouse based jokes to basically point out that this is a crucial part of the fucking thing you've yeah. got like a guy that essentially is a nobody He's a bumbling idiot. Larry Eiler. Larry Eiler. He's, he's a macho man, according to the But what, what I mean is, he's not an intellectual. He's not someone with any uh, social standing or political influence. Or any real standout or traits of any yeah. kind. Or so he's, he's no one that's going to basically say, oh, you can't go after that guy. That's the guy that owns all these restaurants or something like that. But if his potential accomplice was a professor... Presumably, a professor at university, a professor of the research site, something like that. Then, that's quite a big deal because if he's saying, "Oh, well, this boy was also there with me," yeah, but so he he reckons there was, he's trying to say there was a professor helping him, which would agree with the FBI's profile. And remember earlier when they said <gasps> there was evidence. Of two oh, that's why click. they would say that would explain all the differences in murder style, murder preference. Murder weapon things like oh fucking hell! So, I don't we've want solved to... it. We've solved this forty-year-old case. I don't want to put thoughts in your mind, Stoey, but don't you do a podcast 
with a professor. I do indeed. What what does he profess upon? Astrophysics. Be careful. I have to say that that's really fucking interesting, but doesn't help us now. <laughs> oh no, you need to like in episode one of their their new podcast, which yeah. is what's it called? The Science of Fiction. And what's it going to be doing? Episode. We're just one, plugging it while we're here. Uh, episode one, we talk about um, the reality of Thor's hammer. The professor, Doctor Duncan Forgan, Professor Duncan Forgan, who I know from primary school, is a very, 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 very intelligent man. Mentions he'd listened to our podcast and we did really good. Fuck off, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to ask the uh, listeners to excuse me while I go and have a wank in the corner. That's yeah. fucking amazing. He did. He mentioned he listened to our podcast. Yeah. I have to say, like, I text, I, I text my bird. I text. Oh no, can't. I'm just editor. name. I also text your bird as well. Yes, fine. But basically, it was like I was excited about the fact that you had a new podcast because like yay podcasts I will listen to that because he's like I like him he's handsome he's a good guy <laughs> and, and then when I heard out it was actually about the science of science fiction because funnily enough I like science fiction I don't like Star Wars nothing against I'm it I'm the I have nothing against Star Wars I just wasn't the right age when I saw it so I didn't latch onto it mm-hmm. my main love isn't alien it, it, like space aliens and like sci-fi my main love is cars so when I was a child I was watching Smoking the Bandit brings it back to cars oh, doesn't it I know I was speaking watching, of cars Larry Eilish pick it <laughs> I was watching Burt Reynolds films as I grew up so I didn't watch The Goonies I watched fucking Cannibal Run 2 <laughs> so basically like when people were trying to relate things back to being a child I didn't watch that and likewise with Star Trek never I completely missed the boat on Star Trek but I had a book once free in a magazine and it was called The Science of Star Trek and it was talking about basically the whole science behind all the physical aspects of Star Trek and it talked about going to warp, warp drive and it had a basically saying like in warp drive how do you protect all the inhabitants of the ship against the motion accelerating to millions of miles an hour <laughs> and it was saying that if you think about an, a hammer being thrust towards your skull links it back to this episode I suppose, <laughs> or this podcast but they were saying like you don't need to protect you don't need to protect from it any lengthy period of that, the actual time where the hammer cracks your skull and it kills you is a tenth of a second, a hundredth of a second. So all you need to do is have the barriers in air quotes on for a tenth of a second whilst you accelerate to warp speed. Whilst you're at warp speed, fuck all happens. So the actual like science behind it, you only need the barriers on for this certain period. Chen's rubbing his head, <laughs> shaking his head in fucking disgust. But I think I've, this is brilliant. I've gone like, off on a tangent. You should go on with the science of fiction. I, I, I have. Honestly, God, do I, I, would, I would like to do that. I, I basically have a memory that remembers things that I find interesting. So that's fucking everything. <laughs> Being James's <laughs> friend, he can ramble about well, almost, I was anything, say, almost anything. Almost anything. The episodes are only about forty minutes long, um, so that's you might struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my own episode then <laughs> anything you can ramble about it yeah um, so at this point uh, Isler was living with Little is what they're saying here um, so they had a search they turned up at Little's home um, and among the items seized were handcuffs and credit card receipt credit card receipts from Isler's room plus telephone records found in the kitchen Eiler was not arrested and his pickup was not impounded as police withdrew to study their hall of evidence. So they were kind of, it feels almost like they were reluctant to... Do you think that the whole speak about the fact that presser, the, presser, the professor was involved made them question it and made them go, oh shit, perhaps that is the case? Maybe. 
when you say hall of evidence, it's like they have just this big chamber with things <laughs> attached on the wall, and they walk in with their robes and like this is my hall of evidence. I mean, you're thinking of Freemasons, but yeah, it's similar. But you know, that's, that's exactly what I get. They just yeah. rope their robes and they've got the candles, and they're like, this is my wall of evidence. Sorry, carry on. Sorry. No, 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 that's fine. Sorry, Stobie's reading. So, James, what do you want to talk about just now? Uh, Intermission while Stobie reads his notes. I like to talk about cars, but I always do. No, stop talking about cars. The thing is, though, we're talking about Larry Alice's pickup, and I know it's a pickup in the 70s. It wasn't a fucking big V8 in it. <laughs> and I'm starting to think about a two-tone pickup, one that's like blue, red, with a white, with go, a white I, panel on the side, and I really want one. When <laughs> I hear pickup, I always go to red. Red pickups. Red pickups. Yeah. Red pickups, yeah. I'm so... Funny thing, or it's, it's noted as a funny thing. I don't think it's that funny. I think it's just downright We're fucking gonna find weird. We're going to find out weird. Eiler moves in with his secret... <laughs> Is that too soon? Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll nod my head when I'm ready for oh, it. Okay. So. <laughs> He's raging. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the look of pure fury. I'm sorry. I don't know you're well enough to do that joke. I'm sorry. I was like <coughs> two, two milliseconds away from making the <laughs> Basically, Eiler moved in with his secret lover, John Dobrovoskis. Where was he from? Along with Dobrovoskis's wife and kids. Wow. Oh, that that's interesting. Fucking weird, is it not? That kind of draws it I back to... I smell a sitcom. No, uh, well, well, perhaps, but that draws it back to the fact that... Perhaps. My two dads. Perhaps, but I'm going to talk done. about cars again. <laughs> no, that draws it back to the Pontiac Trans Amateurs released in 1978. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> what I'm saying is that that draws it back to the fact that homosexuality wasn't accepted. I shouldn't be saying this while laughing. <laughs> but basically, if there was a man who was homosexual, had a full family, and he accepted the fact that he can't be his true self around his family, had a family family friend, and maybe his wife had accepted that they don't have sex anymore. And that's a normal thing. Perhaps he was like, I'll move my friend in with me. And then me and my friend, who's actually his boyfriend. I mean, you can refer to this and make it sound way more sordid than it is. But if you look at it at face value, it's a guy saying, have you not got anywhere to live? Come live with me for a bit. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what it is. Or like, not... me and come. So, either way. Yeah. You know, like, like, like if you're not getting anywhere to live, come and like, come. Fuck my face. <laughs> 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 Till it starts pouring out my ears. Exactly. Uh, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous because I don't have ears. Right, sorry, still be carrying on. We no, no, it's We, we have fine. a lot to cover. So, anyway, um, police, shortly after his release, so he got released um, that night, two mushroom hunters found a man's dismembered. <laughs> Torso in a, a plastic trash <laughs> bag. I'm sorry. Mushroom Ch- Hunter. Ch- 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 motion to me to speak less, and then Stroby came out with the phrase "Mushroom Hunter," and I just fucking died. I just I thought, thought of like the mushroom from Mario. No, I'm, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking more like uh, pigs, to be honest. Snuffling for. <laughs> I'm thinking people who are. Like, I'm like thinking truffles. Ve- I'm thinking vegan hunters <laughs> who are like. Ah, uh, veganism wasn't invented back I know, then. No, that's it didn't what exist. I mean. But like the people who don't. Want to kill animals, but they love guns. 
Right. Because if there was vegans back then, how would they announce it on social media every five minutes? Exactly. <laughs> Telegram. Telegrams. This pigeon has just told me about a vegetarian risotto. Anyway, two... By the time you realise that the person wasn't a vegan anymore. Yeah. Two foraging rangers. <laughs> this, oh, is, this is the downside of episode two. You're the telling me... <laughs> Stoby is raging. No, not at all. It's you guys that lose out on the listeners when they all switch off. <laughs> hey, to fucking download that. Anyway, uh, they found a man's dismembered torso in a plastic trash bag discarded near Highway 31 at Petrified Springs Park in Kenosha County, Wisconsin. That's quite an acceleration in his methods of disposal because normally just dumping the bodies, but if you attempted to dis- to like dismember that one with a fine tooth saw. Really? Fucking hell. That, that's that, just that's gone from zero to a hundred and quickly. the torso as as a person who has an awareness of tools, that's a hacksaw. <laughs> You're sitting with that's tools. A, a, <laughs> <laughs> but basically that's a hacksaw. A fine tooth saw is a hacksaw. Mm-hmm. And it's basically dismember them with it's it's a household implement, but it's not the first one you choose to cut a body up with. So basically He didn't have access to a bone saw. Yeah, I mean, he's he's cutting the body up with with a hacksaw, and it's that's fucked up. But the torso had also been drained of blood. Wow, this is new. Well, that suggests that it was done at a different site. But yeah, well, this is it. They they had the head, arms, and legs had been severed, and the torso, and they only found the torso. They never found the dismembered, Fuck. Uh, the ne- severed never. parts. They never found. So they it. weren't found in the same bag or anything. No, it's just a torso. It was just the torso. They literally found the torso. That's that's. X-rays identified the victim as 18-year-old Eric Hansen, a street hustler from St. Francis, Wisconsin, who had last been seen alive September 27th. So that was before they'd spotted him with that guy in the woods. And you kind of feel like saying, a street hustler. There's an element of sex worker to that and yeah. it's it's you know if you think Kessler, like yeah, yeah. you're like oh fuck the lower echelons the grim discoveries carried on though so October oh. 15 a, pl- a farmer's plough turned up skeletal remains of a John Doe victim in Jasper County Indiana fucking hell southwest of Rensselaer no, sure I give you that on the list. You, sorry, you, do, you, do give, you do give me Rensselaer, Indiana, as a, a city to research, and I have two things to say. One of them, Rensselaer, Indiana, not a great deal happening there. Quite a hard <laughs> that was a murder. Quite a hard word to say, mm-hmm. and because it has an A and an E, and I wasn't sure if that was pronounced the European way or like <laughs> a, a new way or the American way, uh, because the Americans often drop the A in front of the E, such as uh, pediatrician. Yeah, estrogen things like that. Mm-hmm. But basically, the main thing I was I was getting at is the fact that like there's it's a tiny town, and that is fucking horrific. Just to kind of go over what happened, a farmer's plough discovered this. Now, did they have tractors in the eighties? Yes, I'd hope so. Yeah. So basically, a farmer is driving a tractor through a field, listening to Leonard Skinner, Bad Company, the Wurzels, the Wurzels. You know, if he was in Cornwall. Some some terrible seventies <laughs> music, right? And this, hey, this, shooting star by Bad Company is not a bad song. Well, you know, we'll we'll go there later. <laughs> but, Separate podcast. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, this 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 farmer was just doing his farming job, and his plow, which is a device towed behind his tractor, actually pulled the body from. Well, skeletal remains. We're talking a fucking rib cage here. Yeah, well, he pulled a rib cage out of the ground. That's 
awful. It's See, and the thing is, this goes back to what we talked about in the previous episode. The bones were notched by knife wounds, knife wounds, so death by stabbing. Yeah, which they couldn't establish in the previous one. Four days later, the mushroom hunters were back. Oh fucking hell! They're <laughs> They've been traumatized, and they're like, right, okay, it won't they, happen again. I'm so traumatized. They sat at home going during the hunting, like oh, I might as well. They've been eating all their truffles. They want some more. Let's just go for mushrooms. They can't fight back. Um, they stumble. I need some more chanterelles. They stumble on the hi- stubble. <laughs> they stumble. Hipsters, a lot of hipsters have stubble on the highway killer's private graveyard. At a long abandoned farm outside Lake Village, Indiana, four more victims were discovered in Jesus. varying states of decomposition. Three were white males planted close together. That's a terrible phrase, planted. <laughs> While a black victim had been segregated from the others on the far side of a tree. Don't know if there's any relevance to that or I not. I think we could read into that, but I don't I, think. I, 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 I think the, the probably... <sighs> but it's this, this use of the word segregated suggests to me that the author of that piece... Has already made his sort of yeah uh, decision on that or his I, assumptions. I covered this in the Robert Napper episodes. There's a lot of very emotive language used yes. in newspaper articles, book articles, and if you're a person writing a book, fair play to you. It, being an author is not an easy job, and you're doing. If you're any authors out there, you're doing a brilliant job. Keep it up, but please don't fucking put this emotive language in there, mm-hmm. like segregated. With Robert Napper, some of his crimes occurred in front of children and then they Im- implied a lot of mother issues and a lot of oh I, I read one article that said it's written by a fucking journalist someone whose job is to report facts and they said that the, the child was most likely speaking to his mother about what things he would like for his third birthday and it's like fuck off no that's not true that's how would you know that's fucking you're inferring that it's yeah. inference it's inflection it's bullshit it's, it's creating an emotive kind of story around yeah, exactly. situation to elicit with this one I would response. most likely say that the fact that he would he'd use this site for three or four attacks he'd put three bodies in there and then he'd gone okay I'm going to fucking do something else over in this place because he was skipping backwards forwards across border county lines mm-hmm. and like state lines I kind of feel that he's killed someone and gone gone to one side and gone shit it's full and then gone back to the other side and gone well I can't bury him under this tree I'm going to have to use that far tree over there and bury them I don't think it was conscious mm-hmm. to say that it was segregating because he's had Latino I'm using lovers. I'm using lovers in air quotes, but he's had Latino lovers, he's had black lovers, he's had Hispanic lovers. I don't think he's overly picky. I think if he likes someone, he likes someone, which is fine. But to kind of say, oh, he segregated the white and the black bodies, that's putting something there that wasn't there, to be honest. We don't think it was there. Here's where we're getting to the kind of end of it. So basically. Two of the victims remain forever, John Doe's. The others were identified as a 22-year-old uh, Michael Bauer. Bauer? 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 I don't know how you say it. Um, when, we, we, when we can't pronounce something, we spell it out. Uh, B-O-U-E-R. So I, I, I'm B-O-U-E-R. Bauer. B-O-U-E-R. Bauer. Like Bauer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 19-year-old John Bartlett. How's that spelled? <laughs> Like Piglet, but for Bart. Oh, that you said that correctly. Then. Yeah. That's fine. So you're saying two remain John Doe's. Yes. They didn't even identify. I couldn't his identify them. I want. I wanted to kind of like mention that, but it's 2018. It's that's horrible. Yep. Absolutely. You'd think they would have someone saying, "Oh, my husband, 
my friend, my son. Yeah, but my, but you've got to bear in mind if someone has an only child and their only child goes missing in their twenties, they're not going to have grandkids, and that person's going to die. And as horrible as it is to say, people are going to stop caring. Yep. No, absolutely. I agree, but someone, someone somewhere would be like, "This person's gone missing." That's not one of these song. Someone somewhere. Now what song? From one of these, one of dies. However you say it. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I listen, I listen to death metal. Um, news of this discovery of the four victims brought forward two surviving victims. So a man called Ed Healy wrote to police from West Virginia, recalling the night in 1980. So this is before yeah, the first is, murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where I so lived. this this boy could have fucking come clean and no. I'm well, victim blaming. Sorry, I got really yeah. angry then. <laughs> and I was like, what? See, you can see the spike yeah. in audacity here where James got really fucking angry. I, wish, I, I just realised that... I, I just realised... Yeah. Well, exactly. I realised that if he had come forward, he could have stopped this whole thing. But then again, the guy would have gone to the police and said, I was getting a blowjob yeah. out, out behind this, this bar. And the guy tried to handcuff me and put a knife in my guts. And he'd been like... Okay, well, so he might have. Uh, I, I can tell you what happened. <laughs> go on, if you let him speak. James. Um, so he did. He just, handcuffed him for sex, then beat him for an hour and threatened him with a shotgun. Fucking hell! Uh, a man from Chicago called Jim Griffin also identified Isla as a man he'd taken home for sex on November thirtieth, nineteen eighty-one. So it's almost like he was building up to it. If that makes. Uh, the threatening with the shotgun was interesting because up until now it's only been knives and it's only been knives and strangulation if you think if he's got the threat of a loaded shotgun because a lot of the time you think if someone threatens you with a knife you're going to think well I could fucking take them like I'm going to get stabbed but I'll probably survive but if someone's got a gun pointed at you that could literally like a shotgun blow your head off so it's yeah. like that's what he's threatening people with whether it's loaded or not mm-hmm. it's quite uh, it increases his waiting in the stakes, so to speak. That's my argument for when people say, why do I get scared at films with ghosts and possession and stuff like that? If if a, a killer came into my house with a knife, chainsaw, crowbar, you could you could fight them. You've got a good chance. I, I, I'm a pussy, I would die. But if like a ghost appeared at the side of your bed, like in the grudge or insidious or something like that, you've got no chance. That's why it scares me. That's my fucking stop doing But they're not real, so... Yeah, but you won't but do a Ouija, you won't do a Ouija board, so yeah, well. don't don't tell me it's not real. <laughs> um, so basically, at Griffin's home, Eiler had turned violent, beating him with his fists, threatening him with two knives and a nice pick. So I think he started out with a shotgun, then went to bladed or sharp objects, and maybe that's where he decided that's what I like. I mean, I have to say that if you take someone back to yours for a bit of rumpy pumpy and they take a fucking backpack with them, that's kind of like... <laughs> Clink. Yeah, like you've got a thing like, hang on, what's this bag for? Police also located Craig Townsend, who was one of the first people... the one that yes. got away. Yes. 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 So at the same time, the scientific evidence was getting there as well. So the FBI lab technicians had found human blood, type A positive on the knife removed from Isla's truck, which, like I'd said before, was Khaleesi's. Yeah. Or I, it was Khaleesi's type. I like this. It's like whilst all these sheriffs and people with fucking big sunglasses and chewing tobacco are spitting in the corner of the street and going, well, these, these, blah, 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 blah. There's actual people fucking doing really hard work and proper work solving this fucking crime. That's brilliant. This, the soles of his boots were matched to plaster cast of footprints from the Khaleesi murder scene. They cut the boots open and found more blood. Again, it was type A positive. Um, so that was embedded in the boots? And soaked through the inner lining of his boots. 
Handcuffs seized from Robert Little's home were found consistent with the marks left on Khaleesi's wrist, and the tire prints were matching. That must have been Khaleesi's murder. That must have been a lot of blood if it's soaked into the lining of the boots. Because I mean, fucking hell, I've had boots and like they're pretty waterproof in normal conditions. But if the the blood is soaked into the lining, he's been in a good inch or so of blood. Fucking horrible. Well, I don't so. remember every murder you've said, but all the stabbings have been like 17, 18, 20, 30. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, so, so our justice system was followed and Isler was jailed. Cheers, buddy. Uh, with a bond of half a million dollars. That's a lot of money. Investigators <laughs> from four states heaved a collective sigh of relief. But they were premature. Here's where it starts to get bungled. Right. Should we make this a three-parter? Uh, where are we at? Where are we at? An hour. Are you joking me? Not a joke. Shit, I don't want to make this a three-hour, basically. <laughs> for, for those of us listening, like, I just poured Stobie a drink. That's why he said cheers. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want anyone to think that he's got, like, a condition. If you cut out uh, Jim's rambles, we'll be at 20 minutes. We'll be at yeah, five I mean, minutes, <laughs> man, honestly. Basically, <laughs> like, episode, I have to say, you both said to me, why don't you do a podcast? And I was like, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> no one fucking questioned me. You, you, you know me. I'm pointing at Chen. He knows me. Stoby doesn't know me. But like, I'm this fucking... is Jim's drunk rambles right now. The downside of having someone with that's got a bit of knowledge about everything is they can fucking talk about everything. That is what happens. So I'm sorry. So basically, long story short, after a um, sort of a court hearing. A judge ruled that there'd been no justification for jailing Isla on September 30th or for searching his pickup. Really? Yep. Why? But that's Fucking kind hell. of like admitting guilt. Yeah, I mean, there, there's full detail here, um, which I could go into. I miss out the trial stuff. But the, yeah, yeah, the knowledge of the police methods uh, from his attorney basically helped him. Or so, so it was more like it was like technicalities and things like rather than yes, we, we can't rather than oh, blatant evidence. Hell. So he got let out on a technicality basically. I once saw a thing now this is my memory playing tricks on me because I don't know if this is real life or a film. <laughs> this is just fantasy. And, you know <laughs> is this the real life? That joke's getting kept in. <laughs> yeah. I was caught in a landslide no escape from reality Pop a dome against the and then I said open your eyes <laughs> Look up to the sky and see. Now we're just adding more minutes. We don't need to. Right, sorry. No. What I was meaning was, this is actually, I've remembered it. It's true crime. It's real. It was someone who worked in the butchers. They'd basically investigated the, the crimes and things like that. And they'd found skin samples from one of the victims in the back of the truck. Now they'd found that whilst he searched the, I think he left his truck at work. And they'd searched the butchers, and they had a meat bandsaw, like a meat saw, like a big automated saw, like put the meat through it. Mm-hmm. They put the meat through the bandsaw, and then they checked his truck, and they found human DNA in the back of the truck. They also found one of the man's name badges, stating like, "I am John. I work at such and such. Here's my ID badge, a legit works name badge in the back of his truck." But because they searched the truck as part of the premises without realizing it was his personal property. That information was inadmissible in court. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. And that, that's what's happening here. So basically, they didn't have enough solid evidence on September 30th to jail him. And so that's, that's what the yeah. risk of being. 
Now follow the process. It's uh, fucking terrible. I don't care if people are taking big bottles of aftershave out of Superdrug. I want murderers to be in fucking prison. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's like... So, anyway, on it's the okay, 21st okay. of August 1984, the janitor of an apartment house um, set out to prepare his buildings. He was in uh, West Sherman Street in Chicago, if that's relevant. No. Uh, he set out all the rubbish and he found it overflowing with grey plastic trash bags and began to remove them. In the process, one bag slipped from his grasp and fell to the pavement, um, showing a severed human leg. That's a fucking big bag. That That's horrible. <laughs> well, it depends on which part of the leg he'd severed, but either way, it'd but still be a fairly big bag. A normal bin bag, like the one I'm going to empty later, take my bin out, that would fit a bag and uh, leg, you wouldn't even notice. Yeah. We wouldn't even notice. But you know the weight, you know, there's a weight difference. And that's, yeah, but that's sometimes wrong. I put entire bags of potatoes in my bin. The leg belonged to a white male called Danny Bridges, who was 15 years old. Wow. At this point, Eiler was arrested and finally goes to trial. Dr. Little is called as a witness to Eiler's trial. Um, and basically, Eiler is only charged and found guilty of murdering Daniel Bridges, the last so one. One person at this moment. Yep. We found um, out a lot of research in there that they only go for one murder. And then well, that was other the other ones in backup. With with Britain, <laughs> with Britain, it's a case of the Crown Prosecution Service. I don't know if they have a similar thing in America. I think it's more to do with district attorneys and things like that. But in Britain, they go for the Crown Prosecution Service. They go for what's the most uh, realistic conviction. Yeah, yeah. If if you've got ninety percent evidence that you've killed one person, and and then thirty percent evidence you've killed a second. They're just going to fuck that second one off. They're yeah. not going to bother with it. It's a waste of time if they can put them it's, away. It's, yeah. bad, it's bad for justice. the victims and yes. for justice. But when you look at it, if that one's disproved, it weakens the case against the first. Mm. Which you can kind of see that point as well, but it kind of reduces crimes down to binary levels. And just to seem the whole point of the, the prosecution is to get them into jail yeah. for the worst yeah. thing they've done. So what's kind of, kind of, I think, ironic in a way is that Eiler claims he didn't actually kill Danny Bridges. He was just helping dispose of the body for a friend, uh-huh. which is kind of like ironic. Well, like a fucking professor. Well, this is the thing. So Eiler was willing to confess. Now, he basically he was um, sentenced to death by lethal injection. So, off, that, off, that one, off that one case? Yeah. It must have been a fucking strong case. That's brilliant. Um, so he was willing to confess and provide more information on unknown murders and even testify against Dr. Little if he was given a fixed sentence of 60 years instead of the death penalty. Which and is really the same thing, isn't it? Well, the state refused anyway. Um, so he was still on death row. Dr. Little's office is raided um, in 1990 at Indiana State University he's brought in for questioning but when his lawyer doesn't show up he is let go because police wanted to avoid constitutional problems he remained that, a that is basically the higher ups having arguments he's, he'll be friends with senators he'll be friends with mayors and he's going to be kicking off and that's why and the lawyer's not turned up because he doesn't want to take the fucking case well, if that annoys you, this will probably annoy you even more then. <laughs> He's on. raging. Eiler avoids the death penalty. What? Eiler avoids the death penalty. He goes and dies from AIDS instead. Seriously? 1994, Eiler avoids the death penalty by passing away from an AIDS-related disease. Aged 41. Fucking hell. So, I mean, his active years, he was 30 to 32, so he was younger than I am now. 
Yeah, he was doing all this. Fucking crazy. Just, just a bit know, of We've a... achieved nothing in our lives. <laughs> I've not killed anyone. I've not got a score at all. I'm still still on the fucking zero. He's murdered more people than I'd have sex with. <laughs> what? Two? <laughs> By the time I'm, he was six. Yeah. Hey. Just, just to draw it back there, what was the age that... Uh, what was the age that he was, like, committing his murders and sentenced? The age he was, what, sentenced? Sentenced, yeah. So he was 30 to 32 when he was committing the murders. Yeah. And he was sentenced to death when he was 33. And so he di- when did he die? When he was 41, so he'd been on death row. For- oh, so, so he's ill, he's got some punishment from it. That's- yeah. Um, so what he'd done, this is what made his case quite, sort of, well, I mean, it was already quite prominent, but he confessed... To his attorney, to twenty odd murders, twenty one yeah. names. We haven't even covered twenty names, have we? Oh, we've covered uh, quite a lot of names. To be honest, do you want a full list of his suspects? I think it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Victims. Do you mean uh, victims? victims. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I'm getting tired. Yeah. I think it'd be nice. Let's. So oh, fucking Jesus Christ! Let's, look at that. let's honor the victims. Delvoid yeah. Baker, Stephen Crockett, Robert Foley, John Johnson, John Roach, Stephen Egan, Edgar Underflocker. Jay Reynolds, Gustavo Herrera, Erwin Dwayne Gibson, Jimmy T. Roberts, Scott McNeve, there was a John Doe in Ford, Illinois, Ralph Khaleesi, Derek Hansen, although other places call him Eric Hansen, uh, another John, Do- John Doe from Rensselaer, Michael Bauer, Bauer, John Bartlett, three more John Doe's, Richard Wayne, another John Doe, David Block, and Danny Bridges. That's, I still that's find, an order of discovery. That's... I still find the John Doe's amazing. That it's no one's been able scientific. to scientific, yeah. I've been to like a World War Two graveyard in Belgium, Holland, or wherever it was, where they have the little white crosses, and a lot of them are unidentified people, which is understandable because there's fucking hundreds and thousands of people that died. Yeah, but this but, was in a small area. But this rural. is also places where they wouldn't have ways of. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> James is just farted. As I have no thought. Who farted, Chen? Who farted? They wouldn't have evidence Noodles. of these people's no. existence. Who, who farted? Noodles. No. You, you, honestly, if we don't clarify this, he's going to bring this up in every fucking podcast we do. Okay, so who farted? Noodles farted. No, you farted. <laughs> you farted there. Steve farted in the sign-off for one of his episodes. It's clear. <laughs> right. Chen farted. I've been holding this. I've been holding a wee in for 20 minutes and he's like a fart. That's disgraceful. Carry on, Stubby. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> Still be just dying of laughter. Um, but this would be a time where, yeah, they might be able to extract DNA from the John Doe, but they might not have had any kind of previous record yeah. or anything. Yeah, they've not. They've no, not, they've not to but, do someone, with it. but someone would have come forward. That's what but you say that. You but don't know. I don't, I don't everyone knows someone. I mean, we're from all kind of. I'm going to say privileged backgrounds. We we will all know someone that doesn't have parents, or. It's like, do you know what I mean? So you've got to bear in mind that like, there's people out there that either aren't in touch with their parents or don't have parents full stop. Maybe never had a parent. Yeah. I mean, that's a nice point. If this happened in like the rural depths of Colombia or Africa somewhere, yeah, I'd understand that. But this is, this is America. This is yeah. But you've got to bear in mind. That, that this, this is on an interstate that, hap- that spans 887 <laughs> miles. But you've got to bear in mind that they might be born on mile six. <laughs> And then they've and no then family as, started as, to mile ten. As soon as they've got to like the age sixteen, they've not got on with their with their mom and stepdad. The stepdad and mom have broke up, so they've fucked off. They've got one living relative, which is the mother, who dies of an illness, age whatever age, and then they're doing their own thing, literally alone from age <laughs> twenty onwards. 
you're saying like why doesn't anyone look for these people it's because they are the less dead it's not They're looking like, for them it's, it's someone must miss these people I, I can't accept that there's yeah, such a that, sad, this sad is why, life that no one misses but people but this is why the gay, gay community set up the hotlines the newspapers should we pause this like and have this discussion in a much more heated sexual way I'd, I'd rather just finish like, up the, I would the like, episode I would like to bum my opinion into you <laughs> right we'll Thumbs do that up. after this episode it's still be are we finished we're almost finished so cool. this is the case that, as I said before, put Kathleen Zellner into the <gasps> public yep. domain. James seems to fancy her. Right, so I don't fancy her, I just know who she is. Okay. So what happened was, he told her the, mur- the deaths, the murders, 20 cases, 21 names, he gave her as many as he could and the evidence of them, and said, I want to use this to get that 60 years. That was rejected, but she now had this knowledge. And she had families of victims saying, did he kill such and such, did he kill my boy, kind of thing. And she couldn't respond to them she eventually managed to persuade him to agree that when he died she could give the names and she could so the day after he died did she, she put a hit out on him in prison maybe and AIDS answered the call and said yeah pay me and I'll do it <laughs> uh, that's how AIDS works yeah. that's why it's aid not hinder you know oh, <laughs> 1-800-AIDS fucking <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Ugh. I'm gonna burn. <laughs> yes, um, I just got um, so I just got excited about prison corruption, and, like murders and things like that. Sorry, carry on. So yeah, basically, the day after he died, she announced that she was going to release this statement and held a press conference and announced all these names and gave some closure to his victims. But that's important. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's John Doe's. There's the sort of there's the area we didn't really touch on, which was Doctor Little. And his involvement in the murders as well, he could be attributed to. So is he still a lot of them? He he remained a free man. He never did, went to jail. Did we did we did the the in, not the podcast, but did the investigation look into the connection between Larry Isla and Doctor Little? They lived together at one point because that's <gasps> remember hell. all I was saying. They raided Little's home, yeah, Isla's room at Little's home, and then Isla moved in with the Dobrolovsky. I can't remember how you say it, but the the lover and his family. Yeah. So. Yeah, there there was a connection, but well, that's really fucked up. That, that that I kind of feel like I should go vigilante and investigate that because that's uh, you, well, you know what? It'd be quite. Oh, we'll talk about it afterwards. But yeah, yeah, it'd I mean, be quite that, good that, to have that a follow to me, up. That to me smacks of a hundred percent upper class cover up. Of I know too many people to get put in prison for this, and when all they do is they say, "Stop it, move, move elsewhere," mm-hmm. and then this boy could be living in Colombia, killing gay people. And fucking hell, that's brilliant. We need, we need to do a net follow-up episode. This is fucking phenomenal. It's actually brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Because so. then you could almost argue that he was like... Well, Professor Little was almost financing an aggressive sexual predator to bring victims to him. Mm-hmm. That then, if you basically... See, if, if you were a rapist and someone said, I will pay you to rape and then bring them to me... And then the rape, the, then the professor would kill them. We're getting so much slander here. We're going to get shut down. <laughs> but basically, like the professor would kill them, and then Larry Al would dispose of the bodies. That's like, it's fucking. That's incredible. That oh, I have a, googled um, Doctor Little murders, and I've come up with a Little Murders, which is a 1971 black comedy starring starring Elliot Gold, 
and Marisa Rod. So I, ha- I have to say, Elliot, nothing Elliot, to do with it. Elliot Gould was known as being Monica's dad in Friends, and this film was made before the murders happened. So I kind of think that's not it. He was, yeah. Yeah, don't don't doubt my film knowledge. So yeah. So Are we done the story? Uh, the story it's is done. Larry Eilers died of AIDS. It's, it, this is the Doctor Doolittle still at large. The story's annoying because it's it's answered questions, but it's kind of left more questions it has, than it answered. Isn't it? it really because has. To me, this just because it's happened in the eighties. I just think corruption. It was acceptable in the eighties. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Calvin Harris said so. And we're going to have as a guest on a future episode if Calvin he listens. Harris. Yeah. Like the DJ. Yeah. <laughs> Chen, he did a song called Acceptable in the 80s. Do I have to explain these fucking jokes to you? Stoby got it. Did you? Uh, that's why I said it. <laughs> when? I said it. Was Just ex- then, he said Acceptable in the 80s. Yeah, ex- and that's why I referenced him. It was Calvin Harris's song about rape, but you can use it for other things. As that well. was a comedic handshake. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Sorry. Go. And you're Sorry. the comedic. <laughs> Shut up, my jokes have been fucking <laughs> terrible. <laughs> the last. What was that? Lake Forest? <laughs> um, no. Stoby, mm. we've done eight, nine, ten episodes up till now. Yeah. And we've had entire scripts. Stoby has just done this off notes. He's, uh, uh, he's, no, 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 he's been fucking fantastic. I have to say that anyone who has any criticisms towards this episode, I would like to re- re- rebut that with. Do your own fucking episode because Stubby's done this from notes. I was and he's done it with two fucking drunk buffoons. Yeah, I mean, I was tempted to do this. I was tempted when I started off. I was like, I will work with notes because I find speaking from notes easier. Mm-hmm. And I did half an episode on notes. I and, practiced and the first I episode the bullet bullet points, and it was too difficult. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. I have read a lot as well. I mean, the th- the thing is, like, I, I have mean, a shit memory. <laughs> I mean, perhaps there's ways of doing it. Perhaps, like, Stoby's got some kind of, like, savant knowledge that we don't know about. But, really, he's just a podcasting god. Uh, I want to, Godcast. I want to, this, this is the godcast, yeah. I want to salute him. And maybe in the future, depending on the response from people that know us, uh, we will have another Godcast. We would love to have Stubby on almost every episode because it's so much more fun with three people. Because I think I, I is, hate James at times. This is you guys' thing that you guys work hard on this. This is I it's been great for me. I work hard on this. <laughs> it's been great for me to be on. And, I mean, and be I mean, on just just to bring this so. back to it. I mean, Chen, you said that you hate me at times. Do, do you want to clarify on that? No, I was joking, James. I fucking hate him so much. I mean, we'll discuss this later, but <laughs> basically, the two of us, we, we, we do, it doesn't seem like it's scripted, it kind of seems scripted. We have a, a system that works for us, but we find it's easier if you're bringing a third party, because it just fucks things up. It's just good, good, it's good to fuck things up. And just I had it. ten minutes of story to tell. No, it's like, Stoby came Honestly, in and said, yeah. Stoby yeah. was like, I'm going to read this half-hour story, how long do you think it'll take? And we were like, four we hours. And he was like, really? <laughs> We've recorded two and a half hours over two episodes. Yeah, and it, it's fucking how it goes. I mean, this is, this is what happens. I would like to invite all the listeners to come and spend the night in a hotel room. That sounds terrible. <laughs> oh my god! Are you paying? 
Well, honestly, though, we've had people interact with us saying they want to do research. I think we're now at a time where let's get people on. Let's we'd, we'd like to get people on. If you let's have a fun. Let we're we're just about having fun. Let's just come and talk shit and just talk about what we like. We're talking about what we're interested in. We this have someone who wants to do an episode with us. I know a guy called Adam who has spoke. I don't know if he still listens. He's listened to the first few. He wants to do Ed Kemper. If he does, get in touch. Zandra. James is I, you know, she's a very good friend of ours. She's a yep. lovely, lovely girl. I, I want she to wants to do, She wants to do the... Toy Box Killer. Toy Box Killer. Which is a fucking horrific case. It so is brilliant story. I can't think of anyone nicer to present a more offending horrific, case. Horrific, case to... Uh, she only knows horrible. about that because I, I recommended the last podcast to her because she liked us. I was like, go listen to the fucking last podcast yeah. on the left. I mean, no, I mean, um, Zandra's fucking brilliant. But basically... So, Zandra, if you're listening... Get in touch. We're going to do the Toy Box Killer with you, but you need to do all the work. Thank yeah, you. So we can just get drunk and just make jokes about, oh, I have a fact about truth or consequences. Yeah. You know, I, have a track, I have a fact to get getting fucked by dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to piss myself. So let's wrap up because Stoby just gave us, uh, you know, the international sign for wrapping things up because his wife's going to start shouting at him. Stoby, where it's can we find you? It's more just to keep your duration down. So... <laughs> gyration duration oh, where can we I'm find not... you Stoby where can we find you because can... he does his own podcasts well you can find me on social media at dstoby and you can also find me at fcpodnet I have to say that Stoby's podcasts are much better now he's very much more professional <laughs> he's much more well presented and if you like this style of podcast then you're wrong. Basically, Stoby <laughs> Stanley's better. But, you know... He I, does too. I think... He does the Science of Fiction and he does the Fair Sighting Podcast, Podcast Network. Listen to the Science of Fiction. They'll be on alternative alternative Wednesdays to us. I would like to also put him on the spot for the Science of Fiction because I've found out a little bit about it tonight and I want to hear more. Stoby, go! Science of Fiction. So, we're discussing real-life application of some of the most popular... Su- Themes and sci-fi. What you've recorded two or three? What's the next two? We've or recorded three two. So the first one will be about Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. That is going oh. to be very interesting, and especially yeah. focuses on the phrase "forged from the heart of a dying star." I'm not saying any more than oh that. My God. And Forgan, Forgan, don't Professor yes, Forgan's going to be it's fantastic. amazing. <laughs> like he, because we pre-arm him with the questions. Yeah. So he's gone off and done maths. He, I spoke and, to Forgan once, and he oh told God. me it was between him some other guy and Brian Cox to get Brian Cox's position on TV. Yeah. That's how highly thought of the and fucking he was on that show. Professor he was Forgan on, was. He's been on the start at night. Forgan has I mean, been fantastic. I'm in an unusual position of geeking out because I have my geeking out rate is based upon mechanics and engineering and also physics. So I don't geek out about computers. <laughs> I geek out about fucking stars. And if you if you're basically speaking about forging a hammer from dark matter achieved from a fucking like a dying star, I've already shot my oats. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's going to be it. fucking fantastic. Man. I am thoroughly. I mean, basically, I would like to say this isn't a cash in advertisement. I would no. like to. They will probably heart- be sober when they record. Yeah, I would like. I would like to wholeheartedly convert our podcast into an advertisement for uh, Stories Podcast. So you know, go and listen to that because if you like this, then you're obviously intelligent and you have a question in mind and just fucking go and do it. So you know it's the right thing. You can find Stoby at the Fair City Podcast Network or 
the science of fiction podcast yes yes I, I can't remember the, the handle for it right no. now but... it'll have gone viral by then it's fine I'll read out our handles and you can find yours if you want but we can be found at www.facebook.com forward slash mess podcast twitter.com mess underscore podcast or instagram.com slash is it a slash a bloody mess podcast I mean Instagram is where we do the most of our social media but if you respond to us on any of those platforms we will respond we um, are two people who don't have a lot to do so yeah. we will speak to you if you on if Facebook it's got it, like a thing that's like we'll respond in half an hour we respond fucking instantly because one of us is on our phone so do we because we've set up yeah. an instant auto reply I was just like <laughs> oh that's cheating I was just like six minutes because my phone pings and I have to like put people on hold on the phone at work and go and text back saying yes we are a podcast we have Send. Uh, <laughs> we have a Facebook listeners group bloody mess podcast listeners group is called yeah or like it's, that. it's a bloody mess podcast it's a bloody mess listeners group the whole part of the listeners group was to kind of create something bigger than the podcast it was the whole point of the podcast was we like true crime you like true crime let's create a true crime podcast based around the kind of drunken conversations we would have and then we thought, why not have these drunken conversations on the internet? So basically, we, we're not creating this group as hosts. We're creating the group as fellow fellow people enjoying the group. So and basically, if anybody's listening right now, yeah. I'm taking a picture. So this picture will be posted at this exact moment. <laughs> Say cheese! Cheese! cheese. Basically, join join the podcast group if you if you're already listening. And if you've listened this far, you deserve a fucking medal. And I know Stoby really wants to do this last bit, so Stoby, on you go, my friend. Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks a lot. See you later, motherfuckers. You've been listening to another great podcast from the Fair City Podcast Network, a group dedicated to connecting and developing podcasts. Check out fcpod.net for more great podcasts and content.